0: Log talk radio, Are you ready?
1: It's time for the Get Ready Show.
0: Best in pro wrestling
1: talk. And that's the bottom line. The gunstone power of (sighs) Petsco. This right here
2: is the future of wrestling.
0: And it begins.
3: The best in pro wrestling talk Thanks for tuning in We want to hear what you think about the world of pro wrestling The shows this past week What's going on in the world of wrestling 347-838-9815 8, 8, 8, Is the number to call Again that is 347-838-9815 8, 8, 8, Give us a buzz Let us know your thoughts On the wonderful world of pro wrestling You know what if you're a little shy You don't want to call in and let your opinions known on on the phone, you know, you don't like talking on the phone, maybe you're just not a phone person, head on over to Facebook.com slash The Kennedy Show if you haven't liked us already. Go ahead, like the page, and we got a show chat going on right there, so if you want to pop on there and and give your opinions uh, through typing instead of the spoken word, by all means, get on the Facebook and let us know what you're thinking tonight. You can follow us at Twitter. Our handle on Twitter is at... The Ken Reedy Show. And as always, you can check out uh the Ken Show dot com where we have all sorts of information and stuff going on over there on the website. We also have uh blogs over there, so you want to check out the Show dot com for the latest goings-ons in the Ken Reedy Show. Uh just to let you guys know if you haven't known already, you know, uh, we'll be taking the month of August off. It's amazing. We only have this show and Tuesday's show, and then we're gonna be off for the month of August. Uh again, for those who who don't know, uh I also I, I do music. I have a band. Uh the name of our band is Standing Room Only, S-R-O. And uh we were fortunate enough to get booked uh on a anti-bullying uh concert. Uh the name of the charity is Stand Up Speak Out. If you want to check that out you can Stand Up Speak Out. Uh, you can check that out, actually, we got information on our band website, sronation.com, uh, if you want to get involved in that charity, but uh, it's a big end-bullying concert out in Colorado. Uh, it's just amazing to be a part of, and uh, Vertical Horizons, actually, the headliners, and we're the opening, opening, opening act in this music festival, so with uh, lots of obligations to get prepared for that trip, lots going on with that, uh I just thought it would be Good to to take the month of August off And uh, we'll be back raring to go In September with new and exciting stuff We'll bring to you The best in pro wrestling talk As we aim to do Each and every week right here on the Ken Reedy Show As always Got my tag team partner on the line We are ready to talk some wrestling Dave, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening? You know, all things
0: considered, I'm doing pretty well for myself. However, this week was a very interesting week for me um with the with my sleep patterns. I had um a three or four part story dream that involved myself and a few individuals in the world of professional wrestling um and and a supermarket. Um
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah, you know, you you had Bob Aryan flying a helicopter over your house and worrying about the, the the pool cleaner. Well, I was grocery shopping and uh, you know, I'm not I don't really remember a lot of my dreams, but you know, my dreams usually come in, like, bits and pieces, and they're, like, all little short stories that, that seem to come together. But, like, one could start, like, tomorrow, and, the, and it could finish, like, three years from now. Like, it just, it, I, I never have, like, a one full dream from, like, beginning, middle to end. Um, but this one took place over the course of the past week. Um, at one point, I was grocery shopping, and I was getting my stuff, and I was over in the the meat department. And uh of all people I see Linda Hogan in her shopping cart in the meat department wearing Mark Henry's pink blazer that he wore when he beat up John Cena. And it was his actual blazer. Like she couldn't fit into it. It was so big. So she basically wore it as a cape and I remember her saying in the dream that she was cold. So she had this big she had this big pink blazer on. And then, throughout the course of these past few nights in in sleep, the Sandman from ECW was involved in this dream somehow. At one point, um, he was standing behind me as I was in the meat department with Linda Hogan. And then at another point, he was in the magazine aisle, and sometimes if you go into the supermarkets in the magazine aisle, especially in the summertime, they sell little beach items. You can get, like, a soccer ball or a beach ball or even, like, the little cheap, like, beach chairs that cost you, like, ten bucks. You know they're going to fall apart, but it's just temporary that you buy these things. Well, Unfortunately, I can't unsee this anymore, and I hope some of you viewers can after you hear this, but um, he was in the magazine department near the beach chairs um, with um, a belly shirt, an old ECW white belly T-shirt that was like all bloodied up, and literally his belly was showing, and he was wearing flip-flops and a um and and Daisy Duke Jean shorts they weren't shorts, they were Daisy dukes unfortunately, um and why I didn't wake up in the middle of all this is beyond me um and so he's in the he's sitting in the chair reading a teen teeny bopper magazine that's got Justin Bieber on the cover of it. <laughs> With a with a beer in one hand, or a, a beer in the cup holder, he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. The ash is probably longer than the actual cigarette itself, because he probably hadn't inhaled it. It's just some one big long ash, and it didn't even move. Like, he shook his head at one point, and, like, the ash didn't even move. So I don't know what he was smoking. And then he had the kendo stick in the other hand while he's reading this magazine. And then, at some point, towards the end of the week, this dream, I'm going to check out, and of all people, I see at the checkout counter is Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. And so I said to him, "I said, Mark Henry, I go. Linda Hogan is wearing your pink coat, the one you wore in the retirement speech angle." He goes, "Bitches love the coat."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay." And then, and then I, <laughs> and then he said to
0: me. Paper and plastic. I said both. He goes, that's what I do. And that's all I remember from the entire secrets of these dreams. It was just so weird. Like I said, I gotta go see a sleep apnea expert or go to a hospital <laughs> like an overnight I have to I'll probably have to wear one of them Darth Vader oxygen masks and like get tested on because I get the I get the weirdest dreams and like like I said, I don't have dreams like regular people where it just all happened at once. This this, this this takes place over the course of like, you know, several several different times. I just happen to be lucky that my story began and ended this week.
3: That's that's just too funny, man. That, that sounds like one of those, like, like a sketch that they would do on, uh, remember, uh, was it, uh, Tuesday Night Titans? Was that the, um... Oh, God. The yeah, I, I, was, you been,
0: I was waiting for Lord Alfred Hayes to, you know, <laughs> know, ask me if I had a stop and shop card or not, for Christ's sake.
3: And, and Mr. Fuji Morocco had all those, like, sketches. That, yeah, you could be your, uh, your supermarket excursion. I want you to, you need to, like, like just make an appointment with a therapist and just uh, and sneak a camera in because I want to see the therapist's face. <laughs> like, having some weird dreams. Let me just lay this one on you just to see. I want to hear his analysis of that. So,
0: Doc, are you a fan of wrestling? <laughs> oh, oh, man, yeah.
3: It was an interesting, uh, you know, week. Uh, wrestling definitely deeply embedded in your psyche. I, you know, this week... I guess, Uh, we we had a a power outage, and for some reason, the power outage uh, screwed with my DVR. And uh, so, unfortunately, I've bred up and I've tried to get some info, but uh, I missed SmackDown because for whatever reason, my DVR decided, you will not watch SmackDown anymore. Not only did it not record Friday SmackDown, but it just took it from the schedule. I had to reset it. Uh, In my schedule, I don't know. Maybe the, the DVR gods were saying you just watch way too much wrestling, so they they pulled SmackDown out of my schedule for some reason. But it's back in. But of course, in in the the grand process of like the DVR gods pulling SmackDown out, they left in Redneck Island. So go figure. I had no SmackDown, but at least I got my episode of Redneck Island, which is. You know, if you don't watch it, guys, this is like the greatest invention, uh, the greatest program as far as train wreck TV. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of what you wish Survivor was, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun, hosted by Stone Cold Steve Austin. And what what I found actually very interesting, aside from just the 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 utter train wreck TV that this uh, this show has become, that as as the show progresses, and it seems like every like few episodes. Stone Cold is looking leaner and leaner and more fit, like his arms like he's always wearing tank tops he's got like he's getting like veiny, and uh you know it's as much as we hear like the speculation and you hear the stories and the dirt sheets and the and all that other stuff, just watching him kind of leaning out now granted it could be for a movie role, this is pure speculation, but it did make me think is he looking to to come back for like one last run, one last match at a WrestleMania? But, you know, when he ended his WWE tenure, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't looking like he was in the best of shape right now. Uh, these, these years later, he looks tremendous on, on Redneck Island. And, uh, you know, Dave, and we talked about it. We're going to, we're, we're planning on going to WrestleMania 30. I mean, how huge would it be for, for wrestling fans, for us, for everyone involved? If, uh, we get one last run at a stone cold
0: oh it'd be awesome i mean i i i've seen austin live and you know the the being in a building and you hear the the, the glass break and the, the the place pop is is an is a, a, an amazing experience as a wrestling fan but i've never ever seen him wrestle at a wrestlemania i had the privilege of seeing him you know guest referee the uh the Donald uh, Trump-Vince McMahon battle of the billionaires hair versus hair match and his involvement in that was pretty fun, but, you know, never to see, you know, an actual match um, with him, you know, at a WrestleMania. But yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool. And, you know, there's been, you know, a lot of speculation being at 30 um, and and being, you know, a big event that it is that they want to stack this card, make it the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And of course they'll use that tagline every year, but seeing that it's, Thirty, um, you know, there. The rumor is, is that the WWE has, has you know has, wants to reach out to Austin and see if he'd be interested in doing a match. And of course, a lot of people have talked about if, if you know Austin's even admitted if he comes back. It's it's, a, it's, it's the money's got to be right, the storyline's got to be right, the timing's got to be right, and it's got to be with the right guy. Um, and I've heard him name drop CM Punk a lot, and uh, CM Punk and him have had. You know, Twitter exchanges for, you know, several years now, um, about, you know, get, hooking up and getting in the ring. Um, even last year, uh, Austin and, and Punk had a, uh, a, a YouTube exclusive sit-down one-on-one interview with each other that was moderated by JR, um, going over the WWE 13 video game. And they were, you know, in full character and, you know, jawing at each other. The stuff was actually pretty good stuff, um. But the the other name that's been tossed out there that's been very interesting, and I'm curious to see where and how it would unfold. Um, I I mean, I kind of have an idea, but, you know, I'm still curious nonetheless, is an Austin Triple H match at WrestleMania with Austin uh, representing Vince McMahon and facing Triple H, and it would be for control of the WWE. Uh, which I found to be very interesting, because of course, when you associate Steve Austin in the wWE the first person that comes to mind is his his greatest rival uh, Vince McMahon, the owner of the company. Uh, so there's there's a there's a you know a few possibilities in how to bring back Austin Austin was interviewed on busted open recently and said that you know he would be interested in doing it, but you know money's right, timing's right, all the stars are aligned um but he also indicated too at some point in that interview that you know as of right now he's got a full plate when it comes to projects you know he's hosting the redneck island show they've gone through 3 seasons and i think they're going to film a fourth and he's probably got a few you know straight to dvd movies that he's going to be shooting um at some point so you know he he's a busy guy but If The Rock isn't coming back, you know, we've talked about that in the past few months. If he does not come back, that's their next step is Vince wants to bring in Steve Austin because he's probably, you know, the biggest draw for Vince McMahon in the WWE in the history of that company. Um, You know, he's right up there with Hogan, um, if not even, you know, sold more, you know, made more money for that company than Hogan did um, in terms of, you know, numbers, but, that's that's what uh, that's that's what I've been hearing. I think it would be pretty cool if Austin had one more match at WrestleMania, whether it be with Punk or with Triple H. I mean, you know, he had some great matches, some one-on-one matches with Triple H. You know, the one that's that's my personal favorite is the uh, the, the, the three stages of hell match that they had, um, which was a classic match and. Uh, it was, it was right after Austin had come back from neck surgery, too. So that was like a real test if he can go a long distance in some matches. And he did a great job with Hunter. And, you know, overall, I think it would be awesome and great for business if, if he showed up and did one more match.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's on that short list, too. I mean, say what you will about the Rock coming back. And he was tremendous. And that, that guy can talk. But, you know, he wasn't as big as Stone Cold. You know, I mean, Stone Cold's on that short list. You know, when when I think of the '80s, I, I think of Hogan. You know, that's Hogan's decade. When I think of the '90s, you know, as, as you know, I, I love Bret Hart. Uh, you know, a lot of other guys are in their prime in the '90s, but you got to go with Stone Cold. Like Stone Cold was the man for the company for the '90s, uh, the 2000 to 2010. It's it's John Cena. So when when you talk about the the list of like the guy, the guy that you identify with that decade in wwe history uh he's it and to, to bring him back again uh, same thing i've seen him live i've never seen him wrestle at a wrestlemania uh i, I was there for his involvement with uh lawler and michael cole
2: <laughs>
3: so I, i'd love to see him do something else i'd love to see a wrestlemania uh match with him so uh it, it should be interesting but if you know, if nothing else, at least my DVR is catching Redneck Island. So if I don't get WrestleMania, I still have my Redneck Island. Highly recommended. Be sure to check that out. Uh, CMT, I believe, is the network it's on. So check out Redneck Island. So, like I said, uh, I did not catch SmackDowns. Reading up on uh, some stuff that happened on the SmackDown, we got Tony's blog, and Tony's always. It's great. Like, if something like this happens. That you got Tony's blog to uh, reference to uh, at least read about what happened But uh, interesting stuff going on between Cody and Sandow Uh, To me, Dave, you know, a good old-fashioned, you know, best friends, now bitter enemies kind of wrestling storyline It looks like they got a, you know, at least maybe not huge plans, but some big plans with these two guys
0: Oh, yeah, there's definitely a big plant. I mean, uh, you know, Damian Sandow was in a one-on-one match with Randy Orton. It was Mr. Money in the Bank versus Mr. Money in the Bank. It opened up SmackDown, and it was a pretty damn good match. Um, Cody Rhodes had come out and distracted Sandow, causing, you know, him to lose to Orton. And he grabbed the briefcase and took off with it. And uh, throughout the course of the night, Sandow had been searching for Cody in the briefcase, asking several guys in the back where he'd seen him. And uh, at the end of the show, to close out SmackDown, we saw... Cody Rhodes, throw the briefcase into the water, um, similar to when Steve Austin threw the Intercontinental Championship over the bridge into the water, similar to when the Rock threw, you know, the belt in Revenge of Austin into the water. A lot of John, I think with John Cena threw Edge into the Long Island Sound, I think, because Lita threw the spinner belt in the water. I mean, the, you want to get rid of championship belts, you know, and just, do it properly, you know, because it seems like every time they throw no, – nobody learns their lesson when they throw championship belts in the water, like, you know. <laughs> but they threw the briefcase in the water and Sandow, out, you know. I I forget if he got pushed in or if he got – or if he, he jumped in to go swim, but he jumped in the water trying to grab the briefcase and, um, you know, he was, you know, pretending like he couldn't swim. It was, a, you know, a comical segment, you know. But yeah, definitely big plans. If you are, if that is your main storyline from beginning to end of the show and the focal point of the of the entire show, for you know a relatively newer guy, you know, on television like Sandow, who has been on WWE TV for a year, and of course Cody Rhodes, who. You know, He's been destined for greatness since he walked in the doors And, uh, you know, he's kind of been in a little bit of a slump Or in a, in a holding pattern for a couple of years now uh, But this is the first real significant storyline he's been involved in um, That's gotten some, uh, you know, some, some serious attention and I think it's good for the both of them I think, you know, it just proves once again that, you know these guys can carry their weight and hold on, you know, and, and get the audience's attention and you know, they're they're definitely stars of the future. Um, you know, Sandow, you know, obviously Sandow's a star of the future if they're giving him the Money in the Bank briefcase. And, you know, Cody, he's gotten good reactions since that Money in the Bank ladder match. I mean, he got a great reaction in Philadelphia and you know, when he got turned on by Sandow and now you know, he's he's chasing after Sandow, he finally got the briefcase, he's kinda of making his life a living hell. Um and so, you know, he's gotten a great he's gotten some pretty damn good reactions from the audience and his transition into being a baby face, um, has really, you know, done well for himself. I will say though, if he wants to make the full transition, he's gotta get rid of that mustache because that thing is just god awful. It, it looks <laughs> like a it it it, it looks like, like a like a like a toddler took like a like a Crayola, you know, uh colored pencil and wrote on his face or like a caterpillar fell asleep on his lip. I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I you've got to get rid of it. But other than that, I think they're, you know, the putting the focus on them makes the audience, you know, feel that they're important. You know, if you're going to put them, you know, at least most of the audience, put them on and have them be the main storyline on a whole two-hour show and, you know, have little twists and turns throughout the two hours and then close out with that, I think that's, you know, that definitely helps their stock and with the audience. And, the, you know, the audience feels it's very important that, the, the, you know, that they're on for several blocks of the two-hour show. So I think it's good things for the both of them.
3: Yeah, you know, it, it's good and I'm I'm glad that they're you know, they're getting more of a, a focal point of, of, of WWE programming and I think they're both very talented and uh you know, I agree with you, I think Cody has transitioned well to being a face, uh uh, you know, not giving all the credit but you gotta give a lot of credit to how great Sandow is as a heel. You know, any he, he's one of those heels that the minute you say uh, I hate Sandow, you're gonna get a pop. Uh, Just a great heel work from him So I'm digging the rivalry The one question I have though with this whole And it's interesting With this this money in the bank thing And and the the briefcase And and the briefcase has A contract that can be cashed in At any time in the briefcase It it does beg the question As far as storylines go Like we all know that Sandow won the match We all know that he was on TV, WWE officials know that he is the winner. Is, is it really like the end-all, be-all is the briefcase? I mean, whoever's Mr. Money in the Bank comes down to the ring with the briefcase for the entire run that they have the briefcase, and they put it down somewhere. Does that mean that anyone who picks it up, like if they're in possession of the briefcase, that all of a sudden... They have the right to cash it in? Like, what does that mean? Like, if, if the briefcase is in, in the river, shouldn't they just issue him a new contract? Like, there shouldn't be panic there. It's like, all right, yeah, you know, I won, so just issue me a new briefcase. It, I, I find it, like, odd as far as storytelling goes. Like, you know, if, if Damien Sandow, not that he would, of course, because he's, you know, intellectually superior to all of us, but if he were to say, perhaps, take the bus to the arena – and and he leaves the briefcase on the bus accidentally. Does does some schmo who's riding the bus that day pick up the briefcase and all of a sudden he's Mr. Money in the Bank? I mean, these. unfortunately, I guess the way my brain operates, these are things I think of. If, if it's left at ringside, does anyone get... If I go to a WWE event and I'm watching one of these matches and I jump out of my seat and run over there and grab the briefcase, am I entitled to a world title match because I am holding the briefcase in my hand. I, I just think it gets a little silly with the stealing of the briefcase and who has the, the rightful possession of of cashing in. It just seems odd to me that as soon as you're not in possession of it, then is it someone else? Or is it just like when you're not in possession of it, now all of a sudden you don't. it doesn't transition to someone else, but... You need that it's like once you get that briefcase, it's your responsibility to make sure you know where it is at all times, and if you lose it, well, then shame on you and you lose your shot. It just seems i don't know david like doesn't seem weird to me to you that like someone could just take it and now all of a sudden you have to panic to get the briefcase back.
0: I mean yes and no i i you know i i uh I think it um it goes, you know, a couple of ways with, especially with, you know, this storyline is that, you know, they're they it seems like they've focused on, you know, two things. One, it's, sand, you know, the fact that Sandow turned on Cody, and you know, they they've been really playing that factor in, you know, into the storyline, which I think is stupid. And JBL makes a great point. It was a match that was every man for themselves. You know, there only could have been one winner. So yeah, Sandow wanted the briefcase. He won. You know. Cody probably would have done the same thing. On the other hand, they talk about how, you know, it's more of a possession thing. Last week, Sandow went on SmackDown and said, you know, Cody, I forgive you for what you did to me, um, you know, so I'll let you, you uh, you know, be my briefcase holder, you know, be my bitch, so to speak. And Cody took offense to it, and obviously he's not Sandow's bitch. And I think this was just more or less, you know, because Sandow protects that briefcase. You know, you can even watch how he holds the briefcase. You know, Orton comes out, you know, and it's little stuff, like you said, that, you know, kind of warps your brain and gets you thinking like this. But, you know, if you watch Orton come out with the briefcase, he's carrying it by the handle, you know, nonchalantly, so to speak. You know, like most guys carry the title sometimes, which I think is, you know, in some ways can be disrespectful, you know, because it's a championship belt, you wear it around your waist. You can hold it sometimes, but, you know, somebody, sometimes he's like the rock. He, like, drags the damn thing like he's walking a dog down the aisle, you know. Um, but, you know, Orton will, you know, be nonchalantly with it. Sandow, like, holds it to his heart, like it's near and dear to him. So I think the whole psyche of it was that, you know, Cody tried to, you know, take something that was almost like a a prized possession of Sandow, like a child or, you know, a a pet or an animal or, you know, something that had some serious value to him um, and just kind of screw with him, you know, and – mind bang him, so to speak. Hashtag mind bang. Um you know, 'cause there's never enough hashtags, there's never enough enough hashtags on the Ken Reedy show. Um but yeah, I mean I, I think that's where they're kinda going with it. Although it kinda I could, it it kind of reminds me in some way of, like, when they had the 24-7 rule with the hardcore title and, and along those lines, like when, you know, the champion could be kind of pinned wherever, you know, and Crash Holly was the champ and he got, you know, pinned at, you know, Funtime USA or, you know, the Meat Street Posse chased him at the circus or the airport or the hotel, you know, sort of thing. It's kind of it, – it almost seems like in some ways by what took place on Friday with, you know, stealing it and throwing it in the river and the way Sandow had, you know – um, gone, you know, crazy over the fact that this was in the water in the Gulf of Mexico, um, that it's almost well along the lines of, like, how the hardcore title had the 24-7 rule, that it was just so unpredictable. And I wonder if they're going to add that to the money in the bank gimmick itself, where, okay, you win the match, but, you know, in the briefcase, you know, is that contract, but it's not necessarily yours, you know, because somebody could take it at any time. Um I mean, maybe they'll go that route. I don't know. Um, I just think it's more or less, you know, a, a mind bang from Cody to Sandow saying, you know, I got, you know, I can, I can take that from you at any time, kind of thing. And the rumor I'm hearing is that the two of them are supposed to have a match at SummerSlam for possession of the briefcase. So it sounds like Sandow's going to put the briefcase on the line, um, and a lot of people really don't like that idea. Um, but I think it makes it makes that contract more important. And also has some relevance to it, so to speak um, you know it, it add you know makes it relevant you know with with the character as well as the money in the bank briefcase because normally money in the bank winners just kind of disappear for a little while until they finally cash in or don 't do anything significant, so I think it's pretty cool that you know they've kind of added you know uh this briefcase. Possession so seriously into this storyline between the two of them. I, I'm interested to see where it goes, and I, I'm sure that they'll have a, a fantastic match at SummerSlam if it's official.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, with possession of the, the briefcase, it, to me, it depends on how that storyline evolves. Because um, I'm one of those I'm not a big fan of it, and I don't see in, in the context if this wasn't scripted and it was real life. No one, why would anyone ever, ever? put that briefcase on the line it makes no sense like you got it you own it it's your contract um so depending on how they do it if uh uh, one of these gms or vince or something forces sandow to put it on the line uh there's some semantics uh some super secret clause somewhere that you know i I feel like you know definitely sandow has to be forced into it in some way shape or form because i've never been a big fan of of putting the the briefcase on the line in in any way, shape, or form. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, it's you know, it's like for us. I mean, we got a show and we we got a talk show, and and we can be critical and nitpicky at times. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, depending on the the storyline and where we're gonna go, like you said, Dave, uh, got a lot of uh, a lot of optimism that that's gonna be a great match. So, uh, however they go, however they build it, um, whether Totally on board, a little bit critical, or not liking the storyline at all. Uh, Ultimately, I think we're going to have a a very good match between these two guys. And and it's cool. I mean, as much as, you know, Cody is is Dusty's son, and uh, you think that, you know, he probably had a a bit of a leg up in getting his foot in the door, he's still, like, young. He's still trying to make his mark. And when you got two talented guys like this, uh, both trying to make their mark, both trying to, you know, make a lasting impression, uh, on wrestling fans. Uh, you know, when you get two guys trying to prove themselves going into a match against each other at SummerSlam, uh, you know, ultimately wrestling fans are going to win when it comes to putting those, those two guys in, in the ring.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um... You know, overall, with, between the two of them, there's you know, there's there's potential for you know main event stardom and you know bright futures ahead for both guys. Um, you know, I'm just afraid with Sandow that he might take the Dolph Ziggler route, and what I mean by that is is that. You know, they give, they've given him this responsibility with the briefcase. It's pointing him in a direction that he's going to be an important future player um, at the top of the card and pretty much very relevant on WWE television. And then he goes nowhere and doesn't cash in for a while. And then they figure out, okay, we got to do something big because everyone's itching for that cash-in. And boom, he cashes in. And then, you know, he'll have a run with the belt for a little bit And then he loses it, and after that, he's not really doing much of anything. I'm not saying Ziggler's doing much of anything. Ziggler's, you know, very relevant and important on WWE TV, but for a while he wasn't really doing much with that briefcase, um, you know. But, um, you know, what I would like to see out of Sandow is, you know, I think, you know, he's a great heel, He's, he's the epitome of a heel. Nobody likes him. I mean, I wouldn't say nobody, but, like, a lot of smart fans like him because, you know, he could be a smartass and he's very witty and clever. I mean, you know, I think we gave a nod to him, you know, a few months back when he rapped Randy Orton's theme song, The Ring. Um, but uh, I'm just, a, you know, with him, I think he needs a little bit more of an edge, like a little bit more of an aggressive side and not be so... I don't know. I mean, not be so, like, excuse my language, chicken shit heel. Like, I would, almost want to, I would almost want to see him maybe, like, go, like, circa 1994 Bob Backlund crazy. And, you know, have almost, like, he just snaps at, like, a moment's notice. Kind of like what, like, Festus did when, like, the bell rang and he just went, like, you know, like maybe have like, you know, Sandow just snap something, just like gets him to snap and that's his point, and then you know, the camera's panned to him and he goes off and he can get himself disqualified or you put somebody in, you know, a, a deadly submission move. But then, you know, when the match is over he's, you know, prim and proper and, you know, smart Damian Sandow. You know, I think maybe if he just had a little bit more of an edge and an aggressive side, I think it would really keep him at the top of the card in the WWE.
3: Well, that, that's it for everybody. I mean, that's it for all these characters out there, you know. And, you know, we go back uh, an all-time great, uh, you know, when you look at The Undertaker and how The Undertaker over time has evolved, uh, tweaked certain things, changes characters slightly, but uh stay The Undertaker throughout, you know. And then he's an all-time great. It's that ability to evolve as time changes and everything You know, it's fresh and new, and then it's old and stale. And when it comes to wrestling, especially, you know, now with WWE programming, I mean, with uh, main event, with SmackDown, with uh, Raw, I mean, you're on constantly. It's so easy to go from fresh and new to stale pretty quickly. And as that character evolves, yeah, uh, more of a mean streak, more of a vicious streak, uh, you know, a a psychotic kind of intellect, uh, you know, could be something to add to his character if he loses uh, the briefcase or he wins the title. And after he loses the title, uh, you know, just a kind of psychotic intellect uh, could be a direction that they go in, uh, giving him more of a violent streak. Um, But that's it. I mean, that's the thing in, in wrestling that you want to see out of Characters out of performers Is is how do they evolve How do they evolve over time Where do they go with their character um, You know one guy that uh, Is in serious need Of evolving or changing Up something or, or I don't know if it's a completely different direction And we've talked about it a, a lot on the show And we're going to talk about it a little bit more when we talk about Ryback And how that character has been painted Into a corner I mean the positives Of this guy I mean you look at him He's a physical specimen he's strong as hell. he gives you that superhuman vibe um, he's larger than life, which is you know all those things you kind of want out of your your pro wrestlers uh however his his character's kind of been neutered um, he's lost just about every big match uh, that's been thrown his way and Here's a guy who was hotter than hot and now it's where exactly do they go with him? And, uh, you know, for, for us, it's like, you know, how do they or can they rebuild Ryback? What do they do to rebuild this character? And we pose that question on our Facebook page. And we'd like to chime in at some point. Um, you know, we have our show chat going on right now. Uh, right now it's, uh, <laughs> as, as you might guess, it's the battle of the hashtags on our show chat. Look where um, I started. <laughs> we uh, we posted, uh, you know, how would you rebuild Ryback? And uh, Mikey Canada wrote, give him a manager and lose the Goldberg image, so to speak. Uh, Dank wrote, as much as it pains me to say, I think a lot of time needs to pass before they can rebuild or even restructure his entire personality, uh, kind of like they did with Tenside, reformatting him. He's ridden his wave and is now overshadowed by Brian, Daniel Bryan. I say give him low-key matches and storylines and let Brian enjoy the spotlight for now. Mike Ferrara says, have him not talk. And Scott Greenbaum says, first off, I don't know if you can repackage him at this point. If you do repackage him, give him a manager. And and these are in all caps, never let him speak, triple exclamation points, ever, four exclamation points, ever, three more exclamation points, and then another ever with four more exclamation points. So Scott Greenbaum does not want to see Ryback talk anymore. So it is interesting, Dave. I mean, here's a guy who is riding such a a hot streak, uh, kind of floating around now. You know, you don't know what direction the character is going to go in. A few people are thinking of going the direction of getting him a manager. I do agree at this point it's kind of tough to completely – Repackage him. Uh, you could tweak some some things, but uh, you know to completely change his character wouldn't work. Uh, what do you? I mean, it, it's it's weird for a guy you know to be this hot and, and to be in a state you know not too long after where we're saying, geez, where do you go with this guy? I mean, what are your thoughts on Ryback, Dave?
0: Well, first of all, I, you know, I said it on our award, end-of-the-year awards show that Ryback was going to be a world champion and be the face of the WWE going into, you know, 2013. And I always tell people, you know, on this show, I will gladly admit when I am wrong. And I'm saying it right now, I I was absolutely wrong in that because he was riding this wave of momentum being a centerpiece. Um, he fit, he filled a gap and got over pretty quickly when John Cena was hurt and he stayed relevant in the, in the top scene. And with the Shield, and I think the, I think the the bad part of that was, was that they were still trying to make him a serious threat to the title, but at the same time, it made sense to bring three guys like the Shield involved in that to help CM Punk and to protect Ryback in some way. But all these losses just kept mounting up and mounting up, and people were getting tired of you know seeing Ryback lose to the point where it's like, well it's not going to be important enough when he gets that big win um, against whoever. I mean, he lost to Mark Henry at WrestleMania. Um, You know, he he had a a forgettable, in my opinion, run with John Cena. Um, So I think that was, I think starting off with that, he got hot, but then I I don't think it was, I mean, personally, it was bad timing when it came to, like, putting him in the shield together because there are two new acts that you wanted to make important. You were trying to establish them at the same time and you put them together. Somebody's got to come out in the losing end. And I think that, I, I think, you know, Ryback, you know, I, mean, I know Ryback unfortunately was coming out in the losing end. Second point I want to make. Mike Ferrara says he doesn't want to talk. Well, Mike Fer- or says he shouldn't talk. Mike Ferrara would probably want him to commit suicide because he can't stand Ryback. So <laughs> Mike, Ferrara's, Mike Ferrara's point about Ryback you know, is is valid, but, you know, this is coming from Mike Ferraro, who's has a known history on our show of not caring for Ryback. And I know Mike's listening, and he'll probably call in later and give me some banter and some rant, but it's the truth, Mike, and you know it. Um, but as far as re- rebuilding him goes, you know, they're, they're all great points, and I think the manager thing would probably work the best. you tweak him a little bit, get rid of the airbrush, because if you notice, when Daniel Bryan was chosen as John Cena's, you know, opponent for SummerSlam, they had all the guys on stage, and it was like RVD and Ryback were like two guys ahead of each other, and they were practically wearing the same outfit. It was like they could have been tag team partners, you know. They, and in wrestling, you want to differentiate yourself, you know. And now RVD's back, and he's the king of the airbrush, so maybe Ryback's got to switch his look up a little bit, we, you know, getting get rid of the you know, the, the airbrush singlet. Maybe he could just, you know, come up with something else. Um, but I would put him with a manager, and you know there were rumors that they were going to put him with Vicky Guerrero, but they decided to change that and make Vicky the SmackDown general manager so they can get more, so they so they can get some people to watch their show because WWE's not been impressed with SmackDown. But with the void of Teddy Long and Booker T being out of a job as GMs and the beef that the two of them have, it it sounds like they're pointing in the direction of making Teddy Long a heel. Why don't you have Teddy Long be a heel manager again and have him be the mouthpiece for Ryback? That's his monster. That's, you know, bu- Teddy Long has been known on television for years to be bullied by just about anybody, and Ryback could be his, his protector, you know, and, and he could represent Ryback and maybe get Ryback some better matches, and maybe Ryback with, with his guidance could help him move up the card. Teddy Long has a known history of, of being a great manager. He managed Ron Simmons and Butch Reed in Doom in the WCW days. He managed the Skyscrapers. In WWE, he managed Mark Henry at one point, the world's strongest man. And that was the early stages of the, you know, the, the badass, mean Mark Henry when they paired him up with Teddy Long. Um, so I, and I think Teddy Long needs a new role. You know, the GM thing has gotten old. I think the general manager concept Overall, is tiring because it's just been going on for so long. Um, and I think Teddy Long needs something fresh, makes him important again. He doesn't look stupid as a GM anymore because, let's face it, when he was a GM, he was embarrassed by everybody. How many times has that guy got fired or embarrassed by, you know, on TV by whether it be Vince or Vicky Guerrero or any of the other wrestlers? Now he can manage Ryback. Now he's got, you know, muscle behind him. And Teddy Long is a good talker and he he, he he could draw some heat. I mean, I've watched some of his older stuff, and, you know, he's he's got a gift the Gab on the microphone, and I think it would be a good fit with the two of them to have Ryback and Teddy along together, and it would be something interesting and, and new and fresh for the both of them, and I think they both would thrive in that role.
3: Yeah, I think it would be great. I mean, it would be great for, for both of them. I mean, it's something, you know, and a few people said it, uh, I think it's a good candidate. I think Vicky would have been great for him. Obviously, they moved in a different direction. Uh, I like Teddy Long, and I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, like, put him out bad. But, like, the whole, like, Booker T thing, like, have Ryback just destroy Booker T. Like, really, like, bad, violent, ambulance, stretcher. We don't see Booker T for a long time, kind of. Like, get back to, you know, maybe we have, like, a, uh, you know, Teddy Long just, just, you need to get back in touch with, uh, you know, being the the monster Ryback, you know, and uh, have him destroy some people. And, then you know, again, when you slowly rebuild him, maybe you go after, uh, you know, one of the second-tier titles first off. And maybe he's, he has a dominant run with the ICU us title down the road apiece. But uh, I do think going in the direction of having a manager would definitely help his character a lot. Because uh, he's in need, and, I, and again, I, I agree with... Uh, some of our callers or some of our fans on Facebook, you know, it's very difficult to repackage a guy at this point in his career. I mean, you're just kind of trying to establish it. And, you know, David, you brought up your, your uh, you know, predictions. I mean, I don't think your prediction was that far off. I mean, the way he, he looked, I mean, you're looking at a guy that was so popular that, you know, he, I mean, it was it was a sound prediction to – to say that Ryback was going to have a, a world title at some point, uh, in 2013, uh, no one could have predicted how, you know, how badly he, he would fall in, in the rankings, uh, over the course of the year, you know, and I mean, I guess you can give Ryback a little bit of credit because in, in bringing down, uh, such a monster, you know, it definitely helped the shield along and helped putting the shield over, but, you know, kind of left Ryback in the lurch. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see just, you know, I like the idea. I like, you know, you bringing up Teddy Long. I think that's a good idea. And, and just have him do something really violent, whether it's Booker T or someone else, just something really heinous where they, they just get back in touch with uh, that monster side. And, and, you know, not jobbers, but maybe, you know, have him like beat up the mid-card for a, a stretch of time and keep them out of the main event picture. Uh, would probably be a good direction to go in. What are your thoughts? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We talk SmackDown, Cody, Sandow, rebuilding Ryback. SummerSlam is on the way. What do you guys want to talk to about? Uh, what do you guys want to talk about to us? Uh, give us a call right now. We're going to go right out to the phones. We got Tonys and waiting patiently. Tony, are you there? Hey guys, what's going on? How'd what do you got away? for me this week?
4: Oh, let's see. Well, yeah, what you've been talking about for uh, with the uh, right back, yeah, maybe t- having uh, Teddy Long as his manager, it might, be, it might be good for both of them because you know, like I said, with now that Booker and uh, Teddy Long were just kids aside as the uh, the authority figures on SmackDown, it was just like you know, so it, it would be good for t- you know, like I said, Teddy Long to manage Right Back and Right Back. I don't know why. Like I said, I don't know why. Well, they turned him heel in the first place when he was getting so over with that Feed Me More chant. It was just like like, okay, let's turn him heel and have scenes to squash him. It's like, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, it, it, and even the build to, to that whole three stages of hell to watch match was, uh, you know, I had, you know, like I said, it, it didn't really click for me, but, um, so, I don't know, putting Teddy Long with a uh, ride back might be a good idea, or having him lay out Booker T, you know, on they'll probably do the whole, oh, he's like, oh, my God, that's a Hall of Famer. He just, he just shell-shocked or whatever the hell they can call this stupid move. Uh, but, um, yeah, but I said,
3: like, to me, like, with that, like, if, if he gives him a shell-shock, like, shell-shock him through the announce table, shell-shock him 16 times in the ring. Like, dude, just, it needs to be bad. <laughs> it just needs to be something where, like, and and we can't see Booker T for a while. We just need to see that. You know, that whole idea of the announcers or the commentators can just say, you know, Teddy Long has definitely got Ryback refocused. Uh, he, he looks stronger than ever. He looks meaner than ever. You know, if they're going to go, you know, they turned him heel. And I agree with you. Like, I don't know if it was the right time to turn him heel. But if they're going to keep with it, like, give give Teddy Long a little bit of a rub and give him kind of credit for it. Well, Teddy Long has managed in the past. And he's you know, he's definitely tapped into this this mean side of, of Ryback and we've never seen Ryback more focused and kinda kinda get him going at least back in the right direction uh that way. But yeah, I don't wanna just see like if he goes after Booker T, I don't wanna see just a shell shock. I wanna see like, you know, something just heinous, just really just mean heel bully type type stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that would, that would definitely uh, get some heat. You know, that that would get him more heel heat on him. It would make him more, you know, instead of just, it would be, it's uh, like, oh, my God, yeah, the guy just laid up Booker T like 20 times in the ring or whatever. You know, so it would it'd be better for him, I think, if they actually did that. Uh, but as far as, like, the, the money in the bank, I, I don't remember it ever having the hardcore title role uh, where it was just like, and uh, oh, wait a minute. oh well, well,
3: well, what do you know? It just came to my front door. I think I'm going to cash in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of unusual. I mean, I don't know, like you know, with with possession of the briefcase, and uh, you know, if we can get if anyone in the WWE is listening, can give us a call on the exact rules of of possession of the briefcase. We'd appreciate it. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, and give us a call. But yeah, it's 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 unclear, kind of, you know, what exactly those rules are, and and if you're just holding the briefcase, does that give you the right to? to cash in or what, what they're going to do. And I like Dave says, or maybe they're going to, you know, kind of add this element, uh, over time to kind of give the, uh, the briefcase, some, some increased drama, some, uh, drama surrounding it, uh, while the person is in possession that someone could actually take it. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I'm crazy about it, but, uh, it's interesting. I, I just I don't know what exactly the the rule is as far as uh, possession of the briefcase. But yeah, that would be cool if it just it showed up on our front door and we can run down to the arena and cash in.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah. I guess even the Cody Sandow stuff. I thought you know it's like uh, you know it's like I knew we like just I knew that the breakup was going to happen after the, after the. Pay per view, but you know, it was like I th- I don't know I I thought the the segment was just like okay Cody by the by the water it's like you know and it was just like I I actually kind of thought that the, it went on a little bit too long you know with Sandell like it was like oh you know saying that Cody's better smarter than he is this and that and it was just like it's like you know at the end of the angle the thing is you know the damn briefcase is gonna go in the water so it's just it just kind of felt like okay it was just like kind of like okay I'm just waiting for i waiting for Cody to just go to just throw it like a damn frisbee into the
3: freaking water yeah i guess when they're standing near a body of water the suspense of what's going to happen with the briefcase kind of gets killed
4: yeah it does and like i say even with all the ones you mentioned like when they're throwing, everyone throwing stuff in the water i mean that's another i mean i don't mean to be critical but that's 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 another bit that gets that that's i think sometimes is uh is a bit stale you know because like you're saying, you know, it's like something something can be fresh and then they could stay right away, you know. Especially with,
3: especially with like you know, like how many how many shows do they have every week? Yeah, I mean, they got they got. I mean, what, there's there's the Saturday morning show. They got uh, Raw SmackDown. They got main event. Now, of course, and tonight we have the that's premiere of the Divas. Uh, yeah. You know, so there's there's a lot of WWE programming um, over the course of the week, and that's it's. It's difficult to kind of keep uh, everything like new and fresh because it, it can turn stale and old pretty quickly. Uh, with all that being said, though, and like you weren't crazy about the spot, uh, are you looking forward though to a? Uh, well, two questions for you, Tony. Uh, you know, are you looking forward to them getting in the ring, and uh, where do you fall as far as if the briefcase is on the line?
4: I think the match if you know, like Cody versus Damien would be uh, would be good. Yeah. Would be an interesting match to you see know, if they do that at SummerSlam. Uh, as far as the briefcase on the line, yeah, I can say yeah, I, I'm not too crazy about doing that either. But you know, I, if they have the match, that's probably what they're going to wind up doing. You know, I, I don't know.
3: Yeah. Unless, I you know, like, it
4: looks, you know, like if they do something where it's like, oh yeah, here's what happened after SmackDown, and they fish the thing
3: out of the like they fish the briefcase out of the water, and the contract is all soaked. Really <laughs> idiotic, but. and then, that'd be great. Like it comes out of the water, and they're like. But the name is blurred on the contract, so we don't know. So we're gonna have the two of them wrestle for the contract because the the, the ca- contract was water damaged, and I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. It should be interesting. I'm sure we'll see on WWE.com. We'll see, uh, you know, authorities in in rowboats and scuba divers and what have you trying to fish the uh, the briefcase out. Can only hope. Thanks, Tony, for the call. Right. Tony is. Our expert blogger, go to com. Check out his blogs for Raw, Impact, and SmackDown each and every week. Thanks, Tony. We'll talk to you Tuesday. All right. Cool. Take it easy, man. There's Tony giving us his take on on things. We're going to stick with the phones because we've got some people out there have been real patient, so we're going to go back. out. We've got Mr. Trivia has been on hold. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah. How you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you?
5: Good, yeah. The uh, what Tony was saying before with Sandow, and what you guys were saying before with Sandow and Cody Rhodes and everything. That that just made me laugh. It's like, oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> but but uh, if they do do that match with the um, with the briefcase on the line for maybe SummerSlam or something, I I'd, I'd like to see Cody take that. That, should, that would be uh, interesting to you know to you know he was just like inches away from getting the the briefcase and Damian Sandow kicks him off and takes it, and it's like you know, well he should have won anyway. This that and the other thing. So I like, to, I think Cody's going to uh, if they put that match up and they put they do put that match on for SummerSlam and they put the contract up. I think Cody's going to win it.
3: It would, it would be an interesting wrinkle and kind of along the lines of what Dave was saying. If you know, if if Sandow were to lose the briefcase. Does this unleash uh, a more violent side of Sandow, more a uh, psychotic or manic uh, side, kind of giving him, rather than that a uh, kind of chicken heel, like more of a more of a, more of a vicious streak in him?
1: Yeah, that's you no know, that
5: that could work. I mean, John, I don't see Damien Sandow. I mean, you know, with the way he is now, I just I just have to laugh when he comes out now and says what he says about all the. The WWE Universe and then he just sits there and goes you're welcome and it's just you know I, I think it's pretty humorous uh, but, we're all Raw uh, fans sure. yeah so tomorrow is going to be uh, an interesting Monday Night Raw I think with uh, Cena versus Ryback and Daniel Bryan versus Kane I don't know I think uh, I think uh, the Wyatt family might have got to Kane what do you guys think
3: uh, what do you think Dave
0: I mean, you know, we only saw that one attack, and, you know, Kane's been off the TV since, and I like that they have, you know, sold the attack by having him, you know, off the TV for a couple of weeks and not just, you know, appearing the following week. It would be interesting to see if, you know, Kane comes back and, you know, still looks the same, but, you know, he's got a little bit more of an aggressive side to him, and, you know, maybe, you know, this beatdown, down it could be one of two things: it lit a fire under his ass, no pun intended, because we all know Cain has been associated with fire most of his career, amongst a lot of other criminal acts. Um, and or two, he's become this, this this beating he took. He's become possessed, and maybe you know we'll see him be somewhat of you know a follower to this family that Bray Wyatt is leading. Um, and maybe we'll see you know the beginning stages of Cain. Joining up with them, um, which I Would personally like to see, because I think Kane needs to freshen up the character a little bit You know, he's he's always been relevant and Always, you know, kind of stuck with You know, the You know, the mask or the, the, the red and the black You know, gear that he wears The glove or whatever um, But I would like to see Kane kind of Switch it up a little bit, maybe You know, keep the mask or do an alteration To the mask of some sorts But, um you know, get him out of that gear. Maybe you put him in some, you know, some, some overalls or like one of those hearts, and, you know, you kind of change his look up a little bit, but keep some of the elements of the, you know, the, the origin of the Kane character um, a part of him so that he kind of fits into this group. And then, you know, you could set something up, whether it be for, you know, next year's WrestleMania or whatever, where... You know he's starting to realize what he had become, and you know this 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 following that he's been a part of is you know he's realizing it's not what it's all cracked up to be, and then he goes back to you know the uh, being a baby face and the original you know Kane character and the characteristics. But um, I would personally like to see that because I think you can go a lot of different ways. It would kind of remind me of when Kane was almost when he was forced to be a part of the corporation with uh, Vince McMahon and how they would force him to do things even though he didn't want to do them but they would they would um they had they held the, the the insane asylum over his head because that was one of his fears he did not want to be locked up in an insane asylum and you know Vince would say if you don't attack Steve Austin by the end of the night I'm going to throw you in the loony bin kind of thing and it reminds me kind of that you know where he's a part of something but he really isn't mentally so maybe if he were to join up with the Wyatt family, they could kind of transform him into one of them um, and, and be a part of that group. I, I think that's that's what at least I'd like to see. Maybe we'll see some of that tomorrow night um, with uh, with Kane and Daniel Bryan um, in, in their match and, you know, going forward with what they want to do with SummerSlam with Kane and the Wyatts.
5: Yeah, that would be uh, pretty interesting. And uh, one other thing, getting off the subject of WWE for a minute, talking about that uh... – cryptic message from tna there to about august 1st um what do you guys uh what is what do you guys think of a possibility of it maybe uh you know there was something that i read it you know like dave always talked you know he's always uh enlightened me about you know some things you don't you know really don't believe on the dirt sheets and stuff like that but uh i was just wondering what you know is it possible it could be somebody from uh From the gut check that uh you know figured hey he should have got a contract and didn't and it's probably going to start some kind of trouble or could it have been that guy that came out with bully Ray. i
3: don't know i mean this whole thing uh it seemed a bit uh out of left field uh i don't know i mean maybe it's someone from the gut check maybe uh you know one of these quote releases was a work and uh Someone will be back. Uh, You know, I I read uh, somewhere there was speculation of it it possibly being Bischoff. I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I'm and I'm not sure if I'm I'm crazy about it. I'm kind of kind of in a holding pattern to see uh, what what the uh, outcome will be. But um, I don't know. I I I I don't know. It's, It's it's interesting. I mean, I'm curious about it, but I can't say that I'm. Excited, you know?
5: Yeah, it should be. It, it should be uh, quite interesting to see how how it's going to play out because I think TNA's got to really uh, start doing something and taking the ball and running with it because uh, you know I really think they're slowly but surely falling off the face of the earth here.
3: Well, they and, got a talented uh, roster. I mean, that's part of the thing with TNA. They they put on quality matches. Uh, really, almost every program. It just. Uh, the, Creative seems to be lacking. You just hope that they can kind of square that away at some point. Before I let you go, Mister, I gotta ask you, and, and not to do with uh, TNA or WWE, but you have uh, a new venture coming up: WCUS, or if, is that yes, the right? WC,
5: WC, Tell WC, w, us a little bit US about Dynasty, that. Dynasty, US Dynasty, WCWUS News Channel, and WCWUS Legacy. It's a uh, uh the chat, the uh, wrestling chat that they have on um um on Facebook, they show uh, older WCW matches, WC, uh, WWE matches. Uh they're going to be getting into the promo promoting aspect of uh independent wrestling eventually in the near future and uh fortunately surprised by me, they uh they made me a general manager of one of their groups, which is WCW News Channel, so we're just gonna be out there uh getting the word out you know about the groups and uh you know talking different aspects of wrestling and showing some older videos, so you know people out there you might want to check it out
3: very cool, well, good luck with that,
5: all right, guys, thank you very much and Ken we'll talk ten and Dave we'll talk to you guys in September, and uh unfortunately, I won't be able to call you on Tuesday, but uh you guys enjoy your august off uh and we'll talk to you guys in September.
3: Sounds good. Thanks a lot for the support. Right, Talk right, to you soon. Bye. Hey, uh, Mr. Trivia, let's stick with the phones. We're running late, but we'll, we'll push the news back a little bit because we have people who have been on hold for a while. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you? What do you got for us this week? All
1: right. I, I would have allowed Dave to do his news. Here <laughs> we
3: get the phone calls in. What, what are your thoughts? Some what are, people, what, some what, people how do we say I'm a fan man? man.
1: Some people say I'm a fan man. Some people say I'm a smart man. But, uh, what do you call it? I, uh, some people just say I'm the man, like Ric Flair always said, he's the man. But, uh, what'd you, what'd you say, the jury's still out on
0: that one, but all right.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, you guys didn't touch on a good match. Well, you didn't watch SmackDown, sorry, Ken, but you guys didn't touch on a, on a, on a good match. Um,. I like the match that Alberto Del Rio had with RVD, even though it was kind of short. And um, he kept on saying "no then and the referee said, "I didn't understand what you were saying." And uh, you know, it he, he was kind of funny. And, and then, uh, and then out of nowhere, he kicks RVD in the head. I mean, I even felt that kick. That's how hard it it, it was.
3: Cool. Yeah. I mean, I know they were, obviously didn't see it, but you thought it was uh, it was a decent match.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was. I mean, I, I personally liked it. It was pretty interesting. I, I think it was RVD's first loss. I lost since he's been back. Am I right, Dave, or am I, I wrong? Am I, wrong? Um,
0: um, I believe it was his first loss. But from what I read, the reason why the, the match, match was short was short because Del Rio had broken it, a rib Monday Night it, Wrestling with Sheamus, Sheamus, and they didn't and want to cancel the match, match, match. They had already advertised it, so I, that's why so that's the that's match was cut short sure on SmackDown. Uh, play.
1: Right right. right, right. So you guys they are taking a month them. off.
3: Yes, we are.
1: See, Is that I, right? I we, like, you No know, I'm upset about it because now I have no no program to call.
2: I'm sorry. Oh, oh. Well, you got you know, and,
1: and then we got. And what about Summer? Oh, Tuesday, you guys are gonna do it. Well, I was gonna say, what about SummerSlam? You know, you guys always have the show before SummerSlam. You know.
3: And, yeah, you know, it's, uh, as, well, as timing would have it, like that's actually the weekend of the concert. So I look, I'll be Are you going to a concert? No, I'm per- I'm performing in a concert. I'm going oh, I'm man, doing you're a,
1: performing in the concert. Oh that's big, cool. Oh, with big, the S R O, uh, right? The
3: standing room only or whatever. Yes, in in Colorado for this uh big anti bullying festival concert. So we're uh, kind of the a, opening with the opening act, uh Vertical Horizons, the headliner. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna be watching SummerSlam. I'll DVR it, and I'll be watching it when I get back.
1: You said Colorado, right? Colorado. It's time. It's time. It's Vader time. <laughs> That's Colorado. Colorado, right? He was from Colorado, whatever, right? Big Van Vader. I always liked Vader. You know, I, I liked Vader in the, in the Nick, in Nick Foley. Um, DVD. I watched it and I watched him say how people always said he was responsible for ripping, ripping Mick Foley, well, hitting Mick Foley's ear off. And uh, in the video, it actually shows him hitting Mick Foley's ear off.
3: Well, I, I always liked Vader. I always thought Vader, uh, you know, I moved well for a guy his size. Uh, always thought he was, uh, you know, good, good character, good competitor. I always liked Vader.
1: Yeah, well, i i, I always liked uh, i always liked Vader too, um, especially when he was with Harley Race, because I thought Race gave him a credibility um, in that in that in that in that sense that you never knew what you you know like Vader's gonna get you. Like he'd come out on the show and he'd be like, you know, don't talk to me, or I'll have Vader get you. And it was always funny to see Vader come out and defend Harley Race, and uh, a couple of years ago, I know him and him and Harley got into a big fist fight, and,
3: and it was crazy, I heard. It, I mean, it's this crazy, wacky world of professional wrestling that we all like know and love. It's uh, Yeah, so many different things going on behind the scenes. Uh, no, it's good stuff. Are you... Uh... I'm curious, like going towards SummerSlam and everything. You uh, looking forward to Sandow and Cody perhaps hooking up at rest, at uh, SummerSlam?
1: Yes, I am. I want to see. Uh, I actually like. I actually like when um, when when Sandow was going around asking people, "Hey, did you see Cody Rhodes? Hey, did you see Cody Rhodes? He's a thief. He stole my briefcase." Um, I think. It, I think where it was from last year to now, I think. That that fight would be good, and I think the briefcase should be on the line, and maybe somebody comes out and helps Cody Rhodes, like uh, like you know, with the AJ situation with Dolph Ziggler and the, and the John Cena. You know, when they had the briefcase on the line, maybe maybe it is good to have the briefcase. This is the briefcase you want it. We'll settle the score, you know, and that's and that's the way I look at it. I mean, Cody Rhodes um, winning it, I don't think so. I think Sandow. Should win it and then cash in and then ultimately down the line he should be a champion, not a long term champion, but a champion. Sounds even though good. Cody's been there, even though Cody's been there longer than Sandow, I mean I think Cody Rhodes is talent more talented than Sandow is. Me personally, I think Cody's got a lot going for him. Um, except for that mustache, I think he needs to lose it. <laughs> Well, but, uh, but that's my, you know, but that's only my opinion about it. Um, I'm also looking forward for to see the Beast versus the Best. Um, and I think CM Punk is going to bring it to Brock Lesnar, and I think Brock's going to bring it to Punk. And I wonder where Axel's going to fit in. Uh, where has he been?
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, curious if he'll be involved at all in that storyline, if... Uh... They'll use him at all uh, to uh, help build his character, his allegiance with uh, Paul Heyman. Um, you know, it is definitely a match. I'm looking forward to. Uh, it, it's interesting because to me, you know, hell, we're not doing a SummerSlam show, but yeah, I mean, I to me, predicting wise, like I think that you got to have Lesnar win that match. Uh, you know, perhaps you know they get a rematch, maybe Punk wins, but I just feel like you know Lesnar should win. Um, but yeah, maybe you have some outside interference from Curtis, Curtis Axel, uh, during the match, which definitely would, would work and would probably help Axel's character. Uh, Mike, thanks a lot for the phone call and then hope, uh, right. our last show. Hopefully we can get you, yeah. in, uh, give us a call. Yeah, when,
1: uh, when's the last show tonight for Sunday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday's your last night. All right. Well guys, um, as always, thank you very much. And, uh, I didn't talk about that other subject because he's not even in my league, so <laughs> I wouldn't even touch wouldn't even touch that jerk with the tensor pole. But uh, Dave, as always, yes, Dave, I did get give some banter on the situation. But uh, I will talk to you guys when you guys return in September. Well, or maybe Tuesday. But if you guys, when you guys return in September, I will be there to talk to you guys about wrestling because that's what I do.
3: Sounds good. Right. Right, Thanks buddy. for phone call. Talk you,
1: to you later. Have a nice night. You got it. Bye bye. Thanks, Mike.
3: All right, there we go. So a little over uh, over time, but it's that time. Uh, you, you hear it here. It's time for the day five fifty fifty news report.
0: Thank you very much, Ken. This is the day five news report. Only heard at the top of the hour every Sunday night here on the Ken Reidy Show, and is the only place where I hashtag the shit out of everything, <laughs> and it's the only place where Mike Ferrara can interrupt me and caused my news to be delayed. You're welcome. Our first story this evening, Japanese wrestling legend, the Great Muda, is in talks with a famous American wrestling promotion to trade talent with his brand new Wrestle 1 promotion in Tokyo. He recently left his position at All Japan Pro Wrestling, taking many of the roster with him, which launched back on July the 10th. Muda did an interview with Tokyo Sports and was quoted as saying, a famous promotion overseas asked me to partner. I will be going there to talk. Sources online say Muda is not likely to be meeting with WWE, as the promotion is very small at this point. However, Ring of Honor has a longstanding relationship with several talents from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Most likely the outcome is Muda's in talks with TNA. TNA has partnerships all over the world, ranging from AAA in Mexico, and at one time, All Japan Pro Wrestling. If a deal is reached with Muda and TNA, then maybe, just maybe, the recent budget cuts in TNA was to make room for possible newer talent from the land of the rising sun. And our second story this week, on the TNA front, recently released TNA star Crimson, announced on his official Facebook account Friday that he had an MRI on July the 12th, which showed results of a complete tear of his meniscus. Date for surgery is to be determined, but recovery time is expected to be quick. For booking inquiries with Crimson, you can email Teresa Stock or Stash or Stash, I, came, I apologize, with the M3 agency at Teresa at the M3 agency.com. One of my personal favorites, and he's got a record for the most nods I hear on the Ken Rady Show, WWE superstar Antonio Cisado continues to receive match of the night and match of the year praise among his peers and officials in the WWE recently. He wrestled Curtis Axel at a live event in Sydney, Australia last night for just over 30 minutes. Axel worked as a babyface, and fan reports say he played the role very well. Fan reports also say that Cesaro, unsurprisingly, performed well and the match came off great. Recently, returning WWE star Mike Ferrara mentioned him, Rob Van Dam, is listed as the voice of a character in the video game Saint Row 4. RBD will voice a character named Bobby. Neil Patrick Harris from Doogie Hauser and the Big Bang Theory. Or, with, no, not the Big Bang Theory. How I Slept With Your Mother Last Night, whatever that show is, of that fame, also voiced a character in this video game. To read the full list, head on over to Com. And some friends of the Ken Reedy Show, Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky, have announced that they will be getting married on October the 3rd of this year. They've launched a website at SkyHardWedding.com. The couple met in January of 2011, and Hardy proposed to her in bed at their North Carolina home in March of this year. The ongoing struggles between one El Rondo and Steve Off keeps escalating on The Gun Show, Season 9, YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. Friday nights, MeTV, 11 p.m., Wrestling on Fire. Ken Reedy and Ray Ray Mars call all the action for Wrestling on Fire. Friday night, 11 p.m., MeTV, hashtag FeelTheHeat. And for you folks out there who are into fantasy sports, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, but also have a love for professional wrestling, check out RealFantasyWrestling.com. It brings you a new way, an innovative way, and a way to make some money while you're watching professional wrestling on a weekly basis. Check them out at RealFantasyWrestling.com. And there you have it, the final Day 5 News report this month of July until we go on vacation in August. I hope you're all prepared when we come back in September. Ken?
3: Back to you. Yeah, good stuff. Wow. Last news report. So sad. It's interesting stuff, though, that you're speculating about TNA perhaps uh, you know, getting involved with Japan. I mean, we've had uh, the NWA uh, right now has had some heavy involvement with uh, New Japan. So it would be interesting if these cuts, uh, you know, if there was uh not just hey it's a sinking ship we need to streamline this, but if the, the cuts were actually uh, to bring in some talent from Japan and if uh, Muda and Muda's new promotion were involved with TNA, uh, you know I do think that that would add a a new wrinkle when when TNA talks about you know not battling the WWE but being An alternative uh, Something different Something else for wrestling fans Uh, You know having some heavy involvement From Japan To to be seen on TV On a weekly basis uh, It would definitely be something different Something new Something fresh Uh, You know this is pure speculation On on our part But that would be kind of cool If that's uh, what Muda may be uh, alluding to Is some involvement with TNA Yeah
0: I mean you know, it, there's there's nothing wrong with, you know, showing off new talent. And, you know, the great Muda is a, is a very knowledgeable, legendary professional wrestler. He's had some runs in the United States and WCW and, you know, the uh, early NW, or you know, late NWA, early WCW days. Um, so he's, you know, he's very talented. He's probably, you know, got a, a load of talent, potential guys that could, you know, help out TNA. I'm not saying they're going to be needle movers, but it could also bring the Japanese audience over to TNA. And I don't know what kind of coverage they have over in Japan, but I mean, it, it could definitely help out both sides by having them work together as long as they're on the same page and, you know, of the common agreement, uh, you know, what the plans are in place with the two sides working together. Cause we've all heard stories of promotions working together and it doesn't really work out too well. I mean, the AWA and, you know, um, Uh, World-class championship wrestling at one point, tried to have a working relationship, and that didn't work out. Um, You know, Jerry Jarrett's promotion, I think, was involved in that, too. There were three different promotions that were involved in in trying to do, like, a super card of sorts, uh, try and compete with Vince McMahon in the 80s, and uh, it didn't really work out. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, they have a plan in mind and what they're going to do and, you know, exchanging talent and this, that, and the other, and, you know, as long as it's best for business and both sides are profiting from it, then that's really all that matters.
3: Yeah, and definitely, you know, it's something that TNA could use any sort of shot in the arm. Um, you know, I thought this week's impact, it, it was a decent impact. Uh, again, like TNA, we're looking at the positives. Uh, you know, the in-ring work is, is always real solid. Uh, when we're critical, it's it's the storytelling. Um you know, there's a lawyer now involved looking to strip Sabin of the title. Uh, to me, that that storyline held no interest for me If, unless, you know, they actually did strip him of the title. Uh, you know, the whole show, I'm like, there's no way they're going to strip him. Uh, if they actually had to at the end, if it was Hogan and Dixie were actually painted into a corner and they had to strip him, that would have been interesting. Um, you know, so... I am curious, like we're talking about Japan and Muda, is that August 1st cryptic message that we've seen? Uh, is is that perhaps uh, this uh, promotion debuting, or is it going to be something else? Again, I, I kind of found myself when I saw the video, I was like, uh, another mystery debut. Uh, you know, I was kind of uh, you know, for me, at least when I saw the video, I, I kind of had a lukewarm response to it uh, at best, so I, I, I'm still kind of you know, you know, not in the most positive of mindsets as far as uh, TNA creative. Um, but again, you know, the uh, Ultimate X match was was very good. Uh, the ladies title match was very good. Um, you know, a lot of like quality wrestling on TNA programming. Uh, uh, storytelling, maybe not so much. What are your thoughts on on Impact uh, this past week, Dave?
0: I mean, it was a solid show. Um, you know, you mentioned the uh, the, the lawyer that was, um, you know, involved. Uh, the lawyer was actually a guy by the name of Dean Hill. He was he's the uh, ring announcer for uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, and he, he came off like, you know, I mean, he cut a great wrestling promo for being a lawyer, you know, apparently, um, you know, for, for portraying a lawyer. He cut a better promo than half the guys on that roster. <laughs> um, but what, what was cool about it was um, what I, what I like more than anything, I mean, I didn't care for the build-up towards the announcement with Hogan and Bully Ray and Saban. What I liked was, was what when Hogan made the announcement that they were going to have a rematch in a cage and they were promoting it three weeks from now. You know, They were promoting it like a pay-per-view. They were giving it time to, to build up, to get to that point, to make that show a particularly big show. Um, considering that their next pay-per-view isn't until October with Bound for Glory, which I thought was pretty cool. And it reminded me a lot, and if some of you guys remember out there, and I don't know if you do, Ken, but in the early days of TNA Wrestling, when they used to run the Nashville Fairgrounds, it was in 2003, and Jeff Jarrett was the the NWA World Heavyweight Champion um, in TNA. And Raven had just gotten released from the WWE, and had jumped over to TNA, and WWE didn't see TNA as a threat at that time. So Raven left and showed up on TNA TV, you know, maybe a couple weeks or a month later, what have you. But Raven started a feud immediately with Jeff Jarrett, and the whole point of that feud was that his destiny was to become the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. They built that feud and a match for four months. And at that time, TNA didn't have a television deal. They were running weekly pay per views every Wednesday night for $10. Two hour pay per views of all wrestling, no commercials, for $10. And they built to Raven and Jeff Jarrett for the NWA World title in April of 2003. So just over four months of, and in a new format that wrestling fans didn't had the opportunity to, you know, to, to experience at that time being weekly pay per views being your television product. I thought it was brilliant. And it kinda of, you know, granted, we're only getting three weeks here, I think it's still a good move. And to some of the people who felt that the whole, you know, announcement and the build up to it with the lawyer and the the legal litigation and, and this, that and the other being stupid, which I totally agree, I thought that stuff was stupid. I think maybe with these three weeks and getting you know the rematch set and it's in a cage between these two guys and you know there's heat on Bully Ray and the audience is behind the underdog statement. I think that it's going to forget about how you eventually how you got there in the first place. And I'm looking forward to actually seeing the match itself. I have a feeling that's when Bully will get the title back, but um, I, you know I could be wrong. Happened before, but um, overall I think you know it was a solid show. Um, I mean. The Ultimate X match was great, and I understand what they were trying to do with some of the competitors, trying to give you know the audience a background check, but like I said a few weeks ago, this manic character that still looks like Suicide, okay, with the same outfit, and you've already seen what the guy looks like without a mask on, so then they have him come out with a mask, but then they interview him before the match without his mask. What's the mystery in it? What's the point of him wearing the mask? I don't get it. I, it just, there's just no mystery behind it Usually when a guy wears a mask, there's a mystery And then if you want to take the mask off, you build up to it Well, now you got nothing to build up to Because this guy's identity has already been shown That's like Batman Who was really Bruce Wayne You know Addressing the public. I know, right? Yeah, be quiet. Be quiet. (laughs) They might have another movie coming out. Actually, no, there is a Batman Superman movie coming out, but that's for another topic at another time. But that's like Bruce Wayne coming out without his mask but wearing the rest of the Batman costume, addressing everybody, and then putting the mask on to go fight crime. Like, it's stupid.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's weird right now. I mean, again, like some of the stuff with creative – it it leaves you kind of scratching your head. Like that that whole mask thing is, is hiding your identity. If you're gonna you know, if you're gonna unmask him, then let him wrestle under under his own name at this point. Let him give up the suicide slash manic gimmick, you know, or whatever else they're gonna call him and, and you know, the unmasking. Like you said, there was no build to the unmasking. So if you're gonna be that nonchalant about taking the mask off, then why not just let him wrestle under his own name. And that that's like one of the, the things that, you know, leaves you scratching your head a lot of times with TNA is that you, you watch like a, a great Ultimate X match, a very entertaining uh, matchup. I, I love the way it ended uh, with, with the guys up on the scaffolding and, and how, you know, I, I was really, you know, it was one of those matches where I was kind of on the edge of my seat. I was wondering, you know, as you're watching the structure shake and these guys try to navigate the scaffolding, I thought it was a really entertaining matchup, but you kind of have that, but you're still left with that. uh, Yeah. But the the promo in the back and you're interviewing him without his mask on there's, there's always kind of, you know, these great matches with kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of a a negative that that's tied to it. uh, Creatively speaking. I mean, even, you know, Hardy and AJ Styles, great match. And, you know, as I'm watching the match and I'm enjoying the match and, and you know, I'm curious where it's going to go, but I, I like the fact they've repackaged AJ and they're, you know, going with this, this angsty version of AJ and I like the fact that he wouldn't shake hands with Jeff Hardy on the way out, but how long does this constitute a quote new attitude? I mean, the commentating throughout the entire match was, you know, the new AJ Styles, this new attitude, this newly aggressive AJ. Like, it's it's not really new anymore i mean he he's been kind of a jerk for uh, a quite a quite a few months now like to me like how long does aj styles attitude remain new and it to me it's interesting cuz you just again it's like you have great wrestling but then there's something creatively that kind of leaves you scratching your head uh, you know i mean it it was it was a good match though Dave, between hardy and aj
0: yeah, I liked it, and, uh, you know, it was something a little bit different from the two of them because of this quote-unquote new-slash-old attitude of AJ because of, you know, his his moveset and his arsenal, but um, I'm kind of interested, you know, to where this goes. AJ Styles, like, uh, you know, came back with a bang with this new character and this new look, and kind of seemed to get lost in the shuffle, but it really drove the point home that, you know, he doesn't care about no one but himself and he wants to win the title and he wants to make money and he's gonna do what he does for him and nobody else. So I just hope that there's an end game to the the, the storyline with AJ Styles in this Bound for Glory series. Maybe, you know, he comes out and he's a sleeper and he wins this whole thing and, and goes into Bound for Glory with a title shot. Or, you know, maybe we see even a more aggressive side from him that cost him the title shot, and maybe we will see him become a full blown heel at some point. It seems like that's where the commentary was going you know from- from what I gathered by watching that match on uh thursday night
3: yeah and it's, you know and I'm curious where are the character's gonna go from i mean from this point I mean, is he going to go that full fledged heel i mean i I'm kind of liking the loner thing right now, and he's not allied with anybody but you know where do they go uh moving forward it would be interesting with main event mafia and ace and eights uh, these two factions battling back and forth that when it's when it's all said and done and all the dust clears that there's uh the loner who won't tie himself to anybody winds up winning the bfg series and winning the uh the tna title who knows i mean that would be cool but uh, you know again it's it's uh it just kind of sometimes creatively, you're just kind of scratching your head with TNA. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Let's go out to the phones. We've had some people on hold for a little bit, and we got Justin on the line. Justin, are you there? Hi, can I miss you? I miss you too. I'm glad you were able to call us uh, this week. Uh, your your thoughts on this this wonderful world of professional wrestling? I'm curious. Do you do you watch Impact Wrestling? Do you watch TNA on Thursday nights? I love it. Do you what what are your thoughts on, like, the Bound for Glory series? Uh, you know, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles wrestled uh, this past week. Uh, did you think it was a good match?
5: Oh, yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, wait, so was, was it a good match or was it a bad match? It was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, are, you, are you enjoying uh, the, quote, new attitude that AJ Styles is bringing to the ring? Well, she she
5: has a good brain.
3: He's got a good brain?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, what are your thoughts on the Bound for Glory series? I mean, uh, are you enjoying TNA right now? Do you think they need to I- improve? Uh, Hulk Hogan, the GM, are you liking Hulk Hogan as the GM? What are your thoughts on, on everything going on in TNA?
0: Well, TNA is okay, but Hulk Hogan, he's okay,
3: too. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you like him as the GM? Mhm. He's great. He's great. Well, I'm, I'm, that's good that you, you like him as GMO. What, you know, your thoughts uh, when you look at the Bound for Glory series? And you can see guys like Samoa Joe and Magnus and AJ Styles, and uh, you know, uh, Mister Anderson. Uh, who, do, who would you like to see win the Bound for Glory series? I think it would be AJ. You think AJ Styles should win it? Mhm. You think this newfound attitude that he's got, uh, uh, would facilitate him uh, with uh, a victory and perhaps bringing home the, uh, TNA world heavyweight yeah. championship. Mhm. Well, good. I, I'm, I'm digging your prediction. I, I think it would be good for AJ too. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what you think, Dave, but I, I think for AJ Styles, you know, especially a guy being a, a TNA original, uh, we'll see where this, this attitude goes with him, but, uh, you know, in, in rebuilding him, and we've talked on the show a lot about AJ Styles being um, character being stale and needing to be rebuilt. Uh, There's an interesting rebuilding, and if the climax is him winning the BFG series and winning the TNA title, I, I think then when we're talking creatively and we're talking a, a, a sound build, I think it would all be for the positive if he walks away with uh, the title at the end of all this.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know what other kind of payoff you would have, you would be able to find, considering you know he's been gone for so many months, and he comes back with this new attitude, and he's you know there to you know do it for himself, and I mean maybe you could have him you know you know lose his mind and then you know snap and get disqualified, and get himself out of the series, and then set something up further, but I think. I think winning it would be the best thing for him and making him relevant again, even more so, and making him a serious threat and not just – because now he just seems like he's a a character on the show. There's nothing different about him anymore, you know. But unless he wins the title, um, you know, I think he's just going to be another guy on the roster at this point. But, you know, early stages when he returned, everything was great. Now he's just like one of the other boys. And to me, I think, you know, all this buildup when they brought him back, he shouldn't be put in a position like that to be made to look like that. I think he should be seen as something different. Like, don't put him on TV every week, you know. Maybe have him take a month off, you know. Get this, like, brooding kind of, you know, sting-esque kind of, you know, loner character. Have him show up whenever he wants. You know, if he cares about nobody and does what he wants to do, why do you have, why do you have to be on TV every week, you know. Maybe he wants to take a night off or a week off, you know what I mean. If that were me, I would have done that. Like, oh, hey, I'm not going to go wrestle tonight. I'm going to be home. I'll go when I want to kind of thing. So I think that's what they kind of got to go the direction with him. But, um, you know, he's in the Balfour Glory Series at the same time, so he does have to be there to compete. Otherwise, he doesn't get any
1: points.
3: Got that right, Bucker. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for the phone call. I'd uh, love to hear from you Tuesday. Give us a call then.
1: Sure. Hey, Ken, you know what? Do you think Scooby-Doo will get the money in the bank? It's like free case.
3: <laughs> I don't know where to go with that question. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> where do you come up with these? Would Scooby seriously? Would Scooby-Doo win the money in the brain? I I don't know. I, I would I would him being a cartoon character. I, my my gut reaction would be to say no. Um, but uh, as always, you pose very interesting questions, Justin. And thanks for the call. And we'll talk to you Tuesday. All right, buddy uh, you. Late, man. Mission two. Take it easy, Justin. Wow. See, and, and that's the thing that's amazing about this show, because we've like we've had a Vader conversation. We've had some money in the bank. Uh we've talked a little bit about Japan. And then look at this. We we hit Scooby Doo. You never know what direction or what turns the show is going to take. It's it's unbelievable. We're gonna stick with the phones. We had someone's been on hold for a while. Call, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm right here.
3: Hey, how you doing, buddy? Uh what do you got for us this week?
2: well um just calling in um my name is chad henshaw and i am the uh founder of the face- uh, volley of facebook groups known as w c w u s uh uh gentleman uh, that you talked to earlier named mikey uh canada kan- uh informed you about me uh about yeah. uh about what yes about what i what i have on uh about what i have on facebook
3: so why don't you uh, explain a little further what you what you got going on so all the fans listening can uh, get involved?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, well, WCWS basically, like I said, I have about 12 groups in the in the what I call the stable of groups here, and uh, what we do basically is, you know, we talk about everything past and present in wrestling, uh, like you just had, no, very great discussion about TNA, WWE and all that. We have all those types of discussions. Even when Raw, SmackDown is on the air or not on the air or pay-per-views are not on the air, this sort of thing. We always talk about everything, anything and everything wrestling. Uh, I even hold what I refer to as a trivia title contest in which I use the old titles from WCW and all I do is ask basic basic, new and old trivia questions. and Whoever wins gets to hold a title, per se, so, um, so so we always have a lot of fun, have a lot of talks and all, and we, uh, we are happy between uh, the groups and also two pages on Facebook that we have over 700 loyal members uh, as part of the WCWS family, and we're always looking to bring in new folks, so we want to hear from everyone out there, just go to... Uh, Facebook.com, and also in, in the search bar, look for WCWUS Dynasty, which is the main group of WCWUS, and sign up for that, and we'll get more, give you more information on other the other groups, and uh hope to hear from everyone then.
3: Well, thanks a lot for giving us a, a phone call, and uh, definitely, yeah, I would like to get I mean, more wrestling stuff, the better, so uh, yeah, anyone out there wants to get involved, now you can go to the WCWUS Dynasty to to find uh stuff and then go from there as far as getting involved.
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we're always, like I said, always looking to bring in new people. Uh, uh, we talk about, like I said, old wrestling, WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW, uh, the old and new TNA. Uh, we, we talk about it all. If it involves wrestling, we talk about it and, and we don't, and we don't, uh, wait, waste any time. in. uh, And and not putting every single tidbit of wrestling that we know of and of course a lot of things might end up racking your brain with a lot of what we talk about so we're just looking to bring in some new folks and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show and talk more further about
3: it cool thanks a lot for giving us a call we'd love to hear from you in the future and yeah WCWUS Dynasty go on check it out thanks a lot for the call we'll talk to you soon
2: thank you sir thank you very much
3: take it easy well, yeah, you never know who's going to call in, but uh, Chad from WCWUS uh, Dynasty, so uh, why not? 700 members strong over there, uh, more wrestling, more wrestling talk, and uh, yeah, I guess if you're winning a, a trivia question or something, it would be cool to be uh, walking around with a WCW title, and figuratively speaking, but just to be a WCW title holder, uh, that would be cool, so go check them out, WCWUS dynasty on uh Facebook. And uh getting back to uh the TNA chat we were having, um, you know, I mean, there's some positives and it would be interesting if they did have some Japan involvement because that would uh I think definitely add something different. It'd be a new wrinkle to things. Um you know I mean again we we want to see this uh company succeed. Wrestling fans, we want to see this company move in the right direction. I think you know there's been a lot of negative uh you know, all the news coming out of TNA camp has been negative as of late. Um but the wrestling is always sound. The matches are always sound and you hope that they uh can kind of find uh their niche. I mean, you know, all the wrestling, I mean, you know, the the X division always putting on tremendous matches. And the ladies, you know, they they do showcase the ladies well and the ladies get uh some quality matches, but you know, again, there's certain things with the ladies, you know, they're now again, Gail, Gail Kim, uh, you know, if they're going to do this whole thing with Gail Kim that she just has a problem with referees. I mean, now all of a sudden she's getting into it with, uh, ODB. So we'll see where that goes. And, uh, you know, again, creatively speaking, I think, you know, I'm not a, I I'm okay with Hogan being the GM. I think they got to look at how exactly they, they use him and maybe he's overused at times. um, Two fold. I mean, I'm not crazy about Brooke is the uh, in charge of the females, and at the same time, it just kind of looks like all right, the Hogan family is coming in and trying to run everything. Uh, you know, I think the ladies. You know, I don't know what you thought, think, Dave, but I, I think the ladies in TNA right now um, are very talented, a very talented crop of women that uh, could stand on their own and really do not need a a figurehead knockout boss.
0: Oh, totally agreeable. I mean, let's face it, Brooke Hogan has no wrestling experience whatsoever. And, you know, if I were one of those girls, you know, I'm going to put myself in their shoes or their heels for a minute. And I come to find out that, you know, the greatest wrestler of all time's daughter, who's got no wrestling experience whatsoever, who tried to be a singer. Now she's going to be my boss and try and tell me what to do and tell me how proud she is of me and how far she's come along. That bitch has never stepped in the ring before, like, except to cut a promo. She don't know what it's like to take the bumps and the bruises and to go through all that stuff like we do, you know. That's what I'd be thinking. First of all, Brooke Hogan, she's probably a nice young lady. I hear she's getting engaged to a a Dallas Cowboy. Yes, I broke kayfabe because she's not really married to Bully Ray. Sorry for those who still think it's real, damn it. Hashtag it's still real to me, damn it. But she doesn't there's no need for her on TV. That's like I said with the other night with the Bella twins, you know, being involved in the John Cena, Daniel Bryan storyline. Doesn't do anything. She comes out, she talks, she doesn't make any sense half the time. You know, I just I don't I don't it's just another reason to put a she needs a paycheck because she ain't making money singing nobody's picking her up, nobody's buying her CDs or CDs, we're in the 21st century, downloading her goddamn song on iTunes, nobody's doing any of that shit anymore, you know, with her. She, she's not irrelevant at all. So Hulk says, well, we'll give her a job. Okay, well, she sucks at it. I'd rather make her a valet, make her a manager or somebody, you know what I mean? Like if they, if she didn't leak it out on Twitter that she was marrying that, that football player, she could have done the whole, you know, I'm Bully Ray's old lady storyline, you know that they've been kind of linking to, but now she's, you know, they revealed she's getting married and it's public and it's on TV now. So I don't, I don't, her being the head of the knockout division, I don't see any point in that. You know, it's just another. That's you know, it's like that's like when we talk about WWE and like how many general managers they have. You know, there's like well, two general managers, but 12 assistants for each one. You know, and then you got four, you know, COOs and CEOs and CFOs and UFOs you know, over there calling, you know, all the shops over there in WWE. You know, it's ridiculous. Just get her off TV, or you know, have her set up the ring or mop the floor. I don't care because I don't find anything remotely entertaining about her whatsoever. She brings nothing to the program.
3: Yeah, and and the thing is with her, and, and, you know, if they went the direction, and we speculated here and they didn't go in that direction, but if she became Bully Ray's old lady, and and they went that route creatively with her, and she turned her back on Daddy and joined Ace and Eights, and, you know, at that point she was fired from being uh, head of the Divas and was not a valet, was basically, you know, the, the world champ's wife, and kind of, you know, Entered that lifestyle, entered the the motorcycle club lifestyle, you know. Started started dressing like uh, Gemma on Sons of Anarchy. Uh, you know that, that that would have been something that I think creatively I, I could have been into. That it would have been something that uh, it would have been interesting to see. It would have been something that would have, you know, added a little more. Uh, Anguish for uh Hogan As far as the storyline goes You know his his daughter being taken You know she doesn't side with her Dad she sides with her husband and Joins ace and eights uh, it, It's something that to me would have given A little bit of, of depth to her and She wouldn't have to talk that much just Being at bully's side Um would have been enough And and I that to me would have added a bit For her character you know the The whole you know every so often She walks out and uh you know she's got that that music playing and you know and it's trying to to sell her her music i mean it's I, I don't know it just it doesn't work for me it's unnecessary we don't need two hogans as uh you know two you know one the gm of of i guess the guys one the gm of the ladies or what they're doing i mean it just uh it's unnecessary there's there's one gm uh that gm should be in charge of everything that goes on on the show and you don't need uh, a woman in charge. I'm not even crazy about like them adding this whole like, you know, there's a woman referee for all the women's matches. Uh, I think it's it's something unnecessary and it, it's interesting because in the grand scheme of things, you know, for a while in the WWE, like the women's uh, you know, the Divas did not have any sort of direction. So maybe having someone as a figurehead uh, leader of the Divas would have helped. Uh in TNA, the, the ladies are just so damn talented. They don't need that. You know the ladies over there they can wrestle and they can talk. Uh you you don't need this this figurehead ruler of the uh the knockouts. So you know it's something that kudos to Gail Kim and Mickey James for putting on a, a very good match. Um and again kudos to everybody on the TNA roster for a a very solid show uh this past Thursday night. You just kind of hope that creatively they just kind of find their way. Um You know, and maybe this involvement with, uh, Japan pans out for TNA. I mean, to me, that would be absolutely amazing to see just all these new talent and and being able to see them on TV would be something tremendous and something as a wrestling fan. I mean, I know I'd be excited about, so, uh, you know, some positive for TNA. I know we've been pretty negative, uh, for a few weeks about what TNA has been doing and, and all the releases, uh. You know some optimism here if TNA is moving in the direction of perhaps saving some money to bring in some uh, some wrestlers from Japan. So we will we will see we'll see if that announcement on August 1st is uh, has something to do with Muda's promotion or if it's something completely different. Uh, we shall see, but we're hoping that TNA is moving in a positive direction. So there you have it, and you know what? It's time for now. <laughs> The, the Ken Reading Show, nod of approval. And this is a portion of our program where we sit back, we talk about something in the world of wrestling that we just nodded to ourselves. We sat on the couch and we're like, "Yeah, that works. We like that." Do this each and every week on our Sunday show. We give something in the world of pro wrestling the nod of approval. And in talking in our pre-show meetings. We're having another another love fest, another agreement, uh, but we have a collective nod this week. and uh, it being the last nod of summer two thousand thirteen, um, we just you know, we were talking about it, and we're giving our nod to pro wrestling, just to pro wrestling., I, uh, and it's funny because this nod actually spawned for me watching Impact this week. And just watching great wrestling, and watching just great matches, and just how much I love wrestling. I, you know, a, a great submission, a new submission, the characters, the the over-the-top nature of the business, the the, the music, the pomp and circumstance, the legends. Uh, you know, it's just I, the and especially the fans, and the fact that you know we can sit here each and every week and talk wrestling, and and we have a passion for talking about it. And we, we are so thankful for the fans that continue to support this show. And, you know, we're thankful for being able to talk with you guys about wrestling. And it's just, I was sitting there watching, uh, actually, I was watching AJ versus Hardy and, and just enjoying the match. And, I you know, that, that moment where you kind of nod to yourself. i like, I just, pro wrestling. And when pro wrestling is, is good, I, I don't know. I feel sorry for people who don't get it. Uh, but to me there's nothing more entertaining On the planet than watching pro wrestling When it's It's being done well And so for us tonight Dave You know we're in agreement in our pre-show meeting But pro wrestling gets our nod of approval
0: Yeah Absolutely I mean You know I I live and breathe it, it Consumes you know a large portion of my life um, If not most of it And uh, you know as you can tell At the beginning of tonight's show I had a Um, a a three-part dream that involved pro wrestlers and my grocery shopping. So um, you could tell that it's, you know, a very large part of my life. Um, You know, and I just recently had met someone, and, you know, she's she's a good girl, and uh, I love her to death. And, you know, I come home from from work late last night, and I didn't even have to ask, because she had the TV on for SmackDown. I was like, that's a keeper right there. Yeah, she she you know you know a lot of girls aren't don't think guys that watch wrestling but you know I didn't even have to ask I get out of the shower and the TV's on SmackDown I was like yeah I have to keep her right there and you know I watched SmackDown you know the replay of SmackDown last night and you know it was overall it's 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 fun and you know I have fun you know talking with everybody and I look forward to what you know what we bring you know when we come back in September and you know some of the new segments we're gonna do and you know the you know revitalizing the Ken show and making it bigger and better and uh, you know, improving for, you know, for us and more importantly for, you know, all you people out there that listen to us and support us each and every week and um it's just, you know, awesome to be a part of it and uh there's nothing more else I could say.
3: Yeah, it's great. Doesn't it doesn't it make life a little more convenient when you're when your woman's into pro wrestling?
0: Yeah, I mean she is <laughs> and her son is too so it's like, you know, like all right i got i got people to go to wrestling shows with now like you know i can you know i can bring a hot chick you know to 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 a wrestling show you know but I that mean, I, I, I thought it was so cool i was like I walked in a room, and it was like, you know, Sandow and Orton, you know, from SmackDown. I was like, I didn't even care about the match. I just looked at her. I was like, I can't believe you just did that. Like, that's so awesome. Like, normally, like, other girls I've dated in the past, I'll I'll change the channel. Who wrestling's on? And they're like, oh. They're like, their heart sinks. And they, like, they either leave the room or, like, a, an all-out argument takes place. So, like, this this is totally different now. And I think it's pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, it's cool. I and, mean, you know, we talked about it beforehand. I mean, it was something that we, you know, we, we had a, a pretty positive feeling you know, overall, with the, with the week of wrestling, and uh, it's just for us, like we couldn't, we couldn't really specify exactly what we wanted to give the nod to. There was a lot of good stuff, and it's a good time to be a wrestling fan right now. A lot of new faces, new up and comers, and it's just kind of revitalized. Like how much we just we, we love this business, we love this sport, and uh, just being involved, doing the show for myself, getting to do like commentary and, and being a little bit in the business. It's just. It's just great, and we just we love pro wrestling. So, for Dave and I, this week our last nod of the summer 2013, we're just giving an overall nod to what we love: pro wrestling.
0: The Ken the reading, reading Show Nod of Approval.
3: And there you have it, our nod of approval this week, you know, it's been a great show, thank you all for in and calling in and giving us uh, your thoughts and opinions on everything we're talking about, hit some WWE, hit some TNA, lots of good stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling, but, you know, all the things going on, and we talk about, you know, WWE and SummerSlam's coming up, and new talent, and what happens with money in the bank, and where is that going to go? Where's the future of Sandow and his character? Where's Cody and Sandow, their rivalry? How are they going to rebuild Ryback? What direction are they go with that character? Manager, perhaps TNA, involvement in Japan? Could it be? What is the August 1st cryptic message? What is going to happen then? Great matchups, Bound for Glory series. Do we see AJ Styles come through and prevail in the Bound for Glory series? Great matchups. Looking at the knockouts division, what direction they go in, unbelievable stuff. Hulk Hogan, GM, what direction is he going to go in? What's going to go on with this lawyer with the TNA World Heavyweight Championship? But all of these things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling pale in comparison because this evening we have the premiere of Total Divas. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> so, can't believe we didn't hit on this at all, but total divas premieres tonight and you know, it's it's funny, Dave. I find myself like I'm gonna be honest, and as a wrestling fan, you know, we're both of that mindset. We we love pro wrestling. It's like, you know, another pro wrestling show, let me give it a chance. I gotta watch, gotta watch, you know. Another show, wanna watch it, gotta see what it's all about. Um, wow, I really don't have much of a desire. To watch the show at all, um, if they're going to facilitate the the Cena Bryant storyline on the show, that kind of makes me think. All right, maybe I'll catch it. I'm curious about the premiere episode because it's supposed to be about uh, you know at WrestleMania when their match gets pulled from WrestleMania. Which part of me it seems almost like it's a work that they are filming the show, so let's pull the match from WrestleMania so they have something dramatic to show in the premiere episode. I don't know, I mean, it could be interesting backstage at Wrestlemania to, to watch this, but uh, I don't know, I'm I'm not, like, overly enthralled about watching this show, Dave. No,
0: not, excuse me, no, I just lost my voice right there. No, I'm <laughs> not, um, Yeah, the puberty's come late for me, apparently. Anyhow, um, I'm not overly, you know, thrilled to catch this show. Um, I mean, if, you know, I, I won't be, you know, changing the channel at 10 o'clock to go watch it, but at the same time, you know, i have almost contemplated DVRing it, just the first episode, to see what it's about, but then again, I'm afraid that, like, I'm going to put that on my DVR that's going to kill space and cause a virus, and then it'll erase, like, all my TV shows on there because that god-awful Total Divas show is on my DVR, so, um, I'll read up for it online. All the marks will be upset, you know, that it's on and they'll, they'll, they'll give terrible reviews of it, but, um... I mean, I'll check it out once, if it catches my eye, maybe I'll watch it again, I don't know, but I'm certainly not setting aside time to sit down and watch any of those girls on that show, because I think think it's all scripted, I think it's all bullshit, excuse my language. Um, I mean, the WrestleMania thing where their match was bumped, I think that was scripted so that they can get some good content for that show, because apparently these creative writers that they have and these television writers can't come up with something on their own, so they wish somebody else well in their future endeavors instead of losing their own goddamn job when they can't do their own work. But anyhow, that's what I think about Total Divas. I think it's a total waste of time. Hashtag I totally don't give a shit. Yeah,
3: I mean, the the thing with the the show, I mean, you know, it's interesting that they – you know, number one, I mean, the the segment on Raw did nothing for me to to make me want to watch the show. I mean, they're not guaranteeing further wardrobe malfunctions, and maybe that would get me to watch the show. Uh, but that was honestly the most interesting part of that segment on Raw. Uh, what I find interesting about this show is, you know, I, I and I get it, the Bellas, and maybe they did market research, and the Bellas are. You know, the most marketable, the most recognizable, or when they came up with the concept of the show. But over time in the WWE, we've seen so much with Caitlyn and AJ and and their characters developing. And, you know, there's a, there's a video, on I believe it was on WWE.com. I know it was, it was floating around on YouTube of uh, AJ when she was a kid meeting Lita, which I thought was really cool. If Total Divas, after what we've seen over the past year, if, if Caitlyn and AJ were were more uh, part of the focal point, I think I'd be more interested in watching the show. Uh, Caitlyn and AJ have done a lot over the past year or, or almost a year to really make uh, the Divas division much more relevant. Uh, you know, great storytelling, uh, good characters. You know, I've really liked what I've seen out of AJ and Caitlyn and and if the show is centered more around them I, I think i'd i'd be more curious to to see what's uh you know what the show is all about um, you know the, the the bellas have not been terribly relevant i mean you have AJ and Caitlin that have been super relevant so what do you do you build a reality show around the bellas two unknown divas and the the funkadactyls i i just, it just it kind of boggles my mind like why why Why'd you pick them? So, uh, you know, again, same with you, Dave. I mean, I, I, I'll probably DVR it. I'll probably give it a chance. Uh, I'll see if it's, uh, if it's entertaining at least. Um, but uh, I'm curious your thoughts. Like, if, if the show was centered more around AJ and Caitlyn, would you be at least more optimistic or more inclined to uh, check out the show?
0: Oh, absolutely, because I think you know the the backstories behind these two girls. You know, getting to the WWE. Um, you know, and their, and their path is much more compelling than, um, you know, what the other girls are doing. I mean, I understand, you know, television executives in the WWE, they probably see more of a marketable look with the Bellas because they are identical twin professional female wrestlers. So I think that's something that's like new and different that they want to explore and and, and expose a little bit for their show. Um, I was reading an interview with Caitlin the other day in uh, one of the magazines and, uh, she had mentioned how um, she was down in uh Florida Championship Wrestling and training a little bit, and then they just randomly, like, called her up and said, all right, she was a last-minute replacement on the female NXT season that was strictly on WWE.com, which I heard was one of the worst um, pieces of television that that company ever produced. Um, and, uh, you know, they didn't really have an idea what they wanted to do with her and she had very limited wrestling experience. She was athletic in other sports, but, you know, she has an athletic build, but very limited in wrestling, even though she was a fan of it. And turns out, you know, that was, you know, three years ago. Look at her now. She's in, you know, a relevant, you know, top storyline, especially for the girls. Um, on WWE TV, her in-ring skills improved. Um, she's consistent in the ring. I mean, it's, I think that's a much better story than – you know, finding out that the Bellas don't like the new girls that have come into the company or that, you know, the the, the you know, the fungodactyls, you know, are beefing over, you know, who's gonna get the king bed at the hotel, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I in the A J story too, you know. A a lifelong fan and you know, she's a big lead on Trish Stratus fan. I remember I saw a picture, um that she posted, I believe, on her Instagram And it was a picture of when they showed her the first T-shirt that they did, that WWE did for her, and she cried. And, uh, you know, she was visibly, like, shaken by it because she didn't believe that, you know, she would ever be in a position like this. And she's living out her dream, and it was just so unreal to her. I think those are better stories and much more real and personable and something that, you know, real human beings can get behind as opposed to, you know, the crap you're going to see with the divas. You know, and the, the caviness and the, you know, the the, the, the you know the stuff that chicks do. You know, they, they talk shit to each other, pull each other's hair, and, you know, it's just cavy stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they, they kind of, which again, you know, market research and smarter people than me are involved with that. But it's almost like they decided to go the direction of, you know, caddy reality show, crap drama than really doing a... a kind of a cutting edge personal reality show where we really could see like for real what goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, for most of the show, again, I'll give it a chance. We'll see if it's entertaining. Um, but I'm not believing for one minute that most of what we see on the show is going to be real. I think you're, you're going to basically see a work and maybe stuff in the show will be used on WWE TV for storyline. But, um, I'm not going to buy, really. They're all probably best friends, and they're all, you know, it's it's just one big work. So, we'll see what it's all about. By all means, you guys watch it out there. Go over to the Facebook page. We'd love to hear what you guys think. uh, This new WWE show, Uh, is it a train wreck or is it entertaining? Why don't you let us know? Just go to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Dave, another great show tonight. Wow, I can't believe we got one more show in the summer of 2013. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been great, guys. Thank you all for calling in. We'll be back on Tuesday for Dave. I am Ken. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.